Allow me to introduce myself. My name is The Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, ESPN Utica Rome, now on 96.5 FM. Thank you so much for coming to Utica. You guys are Hansons. Who are you? Well, I'm from Utica, and I've never heard anyone use the phrase Sportzilla Show. It's an Utica expression. Rain man, good to go. Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good, Rain. I'm good. Thanks for doing this today. No problem. I'll have an English muffin if you got one. What's that? No, go ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh-huh. The Sportzilla Show starts now. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. So we have a special treat for everybody today, hot off the heels of, and I have a feeling he might know this already, the Comets lost a couple games last week, but they won last Wednesday, and we've got Utica Comets insider tonight, Scoop and myself, the glue guy, the boss is in here with us as well, but we've had Jamie Cyphers on Comets Insider with us before, and he retired after last season, and we've been wondering what he's been doing, we reached out, and sure enough, we happen to have him on the phone right now. So we thought, Comets fans, let's catch up with absolutely by far a fan favorite and what you delivered on the ice the last couple years of your career after a long, distinguished career. Uh, you are beloved beyond hockey, and we're just we're just very happy to have some time with you, Jamie. Um, how's everything, man? No, everything's going really well, I have to say. I, uh, if you hear trip bells in the background, I'm actually <laughs> pulled over on the road for work meeting somebody to... Uh, Get some items for my job, but uh, everything's going really well. I'm back in Vermont with my family, and um, you know, just around uh, you know a ton of my friends and former teammates that I played with in college, and uh, things have actually been really, really good. So, been hitting the ski mountain a little bit as well. So, okay. it's been interesting. What, what are you doing post playing career? What well, you said you said uh, for my job. What are you doing? If you don't want to disclose, you can just say no. Move on, and we'll no, do that too. I can de- I can definitely disclose it. I uh, I work for a medical device company, so I do. I kind of sit, I stand in ORs and and uh, you know support surgeons doing uh, total hips and total knees. Wow, that's okay. different. So, that's yeah, a little I was, different. I was actually just just with one of my with one of my coworkers right now. <laughs> yeah, she's looking for tickets to something, so got to hook her up. <laughs> no, yeah, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, one of my best friends uh, works for the company as well, and you know, some I've kind of had my eye on in the back door of things when you know your hockey career is coming to to an end and you know, whether I stay in the game or not. Um, for now, uh, I wanted to try something new, and um, this kind of came on my plate. And It's been great. It's a, you learn a lot quickly, so it's a pretty steep learning curve, but I'm having a good time with it. So, Jamie, maybe with a little more time on your hands, I'm, I'm assuming your job's, I'm guessing, five days a week. So you have weekends. Oh, yeah. You said you're on the ski mountain a little bit. Are, are you fishing? <sighs> what are you doing for fun? Yeah, so, um, you know, so the summer was pretty jam-packed, just trying to get the whole family settled in the house and, and get the kids off to school and whatnot. But, um, yeah, starting the new job, you know, the weekends I definitely have. And, and with the, you know, we've been getting pounded with snow, which has been perfect for the mountains. So, um, you know, we had our girls uh, in uh, ski lessons over at Woods Valley uh, while we were playing in Utica, which is terrific. So we kind of segued here and, you know, we try to hit the mountain whenever we can. But other than that, we're just uh, we're having fun being outdoors and doing a ton of hiking and um, fishing, not so much. Hopefully I'll get back into that. But, um, you know, like I said, just kind of catching up with old friends and, and getting settled in. Is it Killington where you prefer to, to ski or where are you going? 
Yeah, so I, I live in Burlington. So um, the, the closest large resort like that is Stowe. Um, but there's a couple other mountains, well, a bunch of other mountains, I should say. Uh, we go to Bolton Valley, which is a sweet, uh, sweet little mountain about 35 minutes from our house. So uh, door to door, no problem. And throw the girls in the lift and off we go. I am jealous, man. I am jealous. <laughs> Absolutely. Jamie Cyphers is here with us on the Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. If you're just joining us and you're going, wait a minute, I know that name. Long, distinguished career the last couple seasons with our Utica Comets. Uh, but, I mean, you got Toronto Marlies on the resume, Minnesota Wild with, with a handful up in the NHL, some time with the Chicago Wolves, Springfield Falcons, Lake Erie Monsters. There was, by the way, a Calder Cup championship thrown in there. Uh, but I suppose, let me just start with this. I know you miss playing and the competition, but I have to think it's, it's the guys in the locker room because the influence that you had with your teammates to a man that every single one of us mentioned to us, over the couple of years that you played here, it, it's it's truly, it, it gets you a little of a clem thinking about it. I mean, you affected these guys, being one of the older guys as well, but you affected their lives far beyond hockey, and I think you still probably do. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I mean, you know what, like, it's, and, and, and you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, you miss the games, you miss the competition. Um, I actually loved practice. I was a guy who loves, loves suiting up for practice. Um, and, uh, but the guys just being around the guys in the room before, after, you know, during a long trip, you kind of bond together and you grind through it. And, um, and there's really nothing like it. I'm actually just getting chills just thinking about it. And it was actually a good thing. My, you know, my new job has been so busy that my mind has been off things a little bit, but I do spend a lot of time driving in my car. So, uh, my mind definitely goes off and I try to keep in touch with the boys as much as I can and definitely following them closely. I know they're having a terrific year and, and people in the area must just be buzzing over it because um, there's nothing like winning, uh, especially a Calder Cup. So uh, luckily I was able to, to pull that one off in, in 16 there. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely miss, uh, you know, times at the rink, on the bus, uh, in the hotels, and, and things of that nature. So, um, you know, just trying to keep in touch, keep my foot in the door with some of these guys and, and hear what's going on. So, Will there be some time in the near future for you to maybe – Visit Utica and see some of the guys, or Cleveland, or Toronto, or any 100%. of these. percent. Okay. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, I, I actually I, I keep in touch with a ton of guys on my former teams. Um, you know, um, on my downtime, and you know, I was in Utica for the Veterans Day game, but weather um, forced us out early, and I couldn't make it. Uh, it was actually absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, we, we were there the whole weekend. Um, I think the guys were away on Saturday and the game was on a Monday and, uh, yeah, I, we had to pull the trigger and get out of there. So, you know, I didn't want to be driving in the dark on the two laners and sleet and rain and snow and, uh, with the family. So, um, but I've been, been dying to get back and, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be for a, a hopeful playoff run with these guys, but, um, I hope to make it back soon and, and definitely, and, uh, I miss playing there. I miss the odd. Jamie, Cyph- like Jamie Cyphers, defenseman for a couple of years, uh, just retired, of course, from your Utica Comets. Nice enough to join us on the phone here today. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, not 96.5 FM with the Sports Illustrated Show. And I'm glad you brought up uh, the Veterans Day. First of all, uh, I knew you left town. They did have, uh, you had recorded a video tribute that they aired in the awe of that game. I know you're aware of that. But that was another thing that you committed yourself to that blew myself and Scoop had numerous conversations about your dedication 
to members of the military, specifically in this community. Uh, first of all, it was a Purple Heart organization, and I know you participated in the press conference for that. But then you took the time behind the scenes, came out of the locker room after every game and met with a hometown hero that was awarded or honored within the odd during the game every single game. Uh, your commitment to that is is mind-blowing to me. Uh, salute to you, but please share your thoughts on that now that you've had some time to reflect. Yeah, ever, ever since I got into, um, you know, uh, the military appreciation stuff and the people I've been able to meet through that connection has has literally changed my life. It's changed my perspective on things. It's, it's uh, made me a better person. It's opened my eyes to a lot of things that, you know, you know, a lot of struggles that they go through, um, you know, throughout their military careers and after. And, um, you know, they, you, you, you can see it. In that Purple Heart game we had at the odd, we came back, won in a shootout, came down from a deficit. You know, you know, our boys did that for those Purple Heart recipients that were in attendance and those that weren't. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was spoken about in the room. Um, you know, we knew who was in attendance. We needed to just pull it together, like, and, and, and we did. And it was a very emotional win for us. And you couple that with meeting these, these heroes after games, over and over again it was it wasn't a chore it wasn't anything like that it was it was something that you know a lot of guys joined me for a lot of a lot of the uh, meet and greets afterwards they did yeah um yeah they did they, they were, hey, so you need me to come out is, is anybody else coming you know if i you know i remember i'd I broken my wrist you know my first year there so guys pick, picked it picked it up uh when i was out i missed a game or two um you know in attendance so i mean i mean we're talking canadians americans europeans they're all into it. I think it's, 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 it's terrific. And it just speaks volumes for the area. And, you know, that arena is just jam packed with, with military appreciation. And um, there's definitely a feeling in there. Um, when you step on the ice, you're not just playing for, you know, the guys next year, you're playing for the people in the stands and what they've worked for and what they've sacrificed and especially our military members. So it's definitely changed my life. And, and I do miss that. Um, you know, um, you know, I'm just looking for opportunities to continue to give back to, to organizations like the Purple Heart Organization. Well, some things are more important than the game on the ice, and, and that would be one of those things without question. But are you able to watch a hockey game every now and then now? Do you enjoy doing that? Are you watching the NHL? Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, you know, what I, you know what I find enjoyment out of is watching the guys, the young guys that I played with uh, playing their first NHL games. Uh, and and just just to following their careers, so you know I've had a great time watching Demko, uh, you know Zach McEwen and 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 those guys up in Vancouver play some of my former teammates in Cleveland to play in, uh, with the Blue Jackets and and such. It's just it's just so much fun. I, I had a small taste of it, um, you know, a little over a decade ago, and and there's nothing like playing in the NHL. It's the best league in the world, and there's uh, you know the pressure is is through the ceiling so to watch those guys perform on that stage and um you know be teammates with them prior is, is a huge thrill for me and i and i love it and I, I i stay in touch with these guys and uh you know i think about all of you know the stuff we went through together and and that's the best part about hockey like i say it's not just the games it's the stuff that goes on behind the scenes and how you pick each other up and your bad days turn into good days when you have teammates like that so it's really it's a lot of fun to watch these guys grow so, as a defenseman, Jamie, we're with Jamie Cyphers, formerly of your Utica Comets, now enjoying uh, life 
working in uh, the medical field, I guess, medical equipment field, and not on the ice every day. But as a defenseman, um, I want to get your perspective on how the game has changed. Case in point, nine defensemen in the NHL right now are on track for 60-point seasons. That's the most since 1992-93. And you're seeing a changing of the role of the defenseman. You see these guys, they're pinching up a little more often. They're joining the offensive rush. They're not hanging back by the blue line. Talk about how you've sort of watched this new style of play for defensemen get ushered into the AHL and the NHL. I mean, I was never a one, never a, a one for points and goals and assists. Believe me, I, I wish I scored more goals. I mean, <laughs> it came over, you know, blocking shots and, you know, uh, pinning guys in the low came a little bit easier for me. But, you know, it, it, it's fun. It's, it's fun to watch, you know, uh, guys in different positions contribute, and um, especially defensemen. I obviously have a soft spot for these guys, and uh, it, it, it's always it's always fun for the the spectator to see where these guys come off the blue line and, and show their skills. Cause a lot of times we're just, you know, wheeling the net, making a breakout pass, which is harder than it looks despite uh, what everybody might think. But um, it's, it's always fun to, to jump in on that. And I got a small, small taste of it with the penalty shot I took my last game, but you know, there was never more anxiety in my whole life than that, than, than that, that certain moment. But um, kind of wish that goal had maybe let me put, put it in, but you know, so be it. Jamie, I, I got. I know we uh, we asked you for about ten minutes of your time. I got one last. Oh, I, I got all the time in the world. I got one last question for you, and that was: uh, I remember interviewing you on the ice after your last game, and I was struck by the overwhelming volume of the response the fans gave back to you, which is just pure emotion pouring down on you. But of course, looking up and your wife, your children, your family was there. Uh, what did I mean? Just a lifetime memory that you will never, ever, ever forget. And I would just like to know your your feelings on being able to experience that because not every guy gets ushered off, you know, his playing career that way. No, absolutely not. And I, um, you know, I had I had told the guys in passing, you know, that I wasn't going to be playing anymore um, after the you know conclusion of the season, and um, you know. Uh, I wasn't expecting that kind of send off at all. And, um, you know, I, I just tried to soak up as much as I could. It was, it was, it was, it was a tough day. I'm not going to lie. It was, a, it was a great weekend. It was nice to, you know, end with a three and three, although, you know, that's uh, some of the toughest weekends as a player, but I said, you know what, why not at this point? Um, why not end with a three and three? So um, it was, it was a hard day. Um, it was an emotional day, especially in the morning and, and, and before the game. But once I stepped on the ice, um, I just tried to enjoy it with the guys. And um, obviously, like you said, my family was there. Um, you know, tons of my, my my buddies drove in for the game and their yeah. families. And um, it was absolutely just amazing. My agent flew in, who I've had my whole, my entire career. And, um, just, yeah, the overwhelming support from the fans. I mean, I'll, I'll literally never forget that day. It was one of my, the best days of my entire hockey career, and it happened to be my last, so. Um, very special to myself and my family. My girls and, and my wife uh, appreciated all the sentiments from all the fans uh, throughout our two years there, but especially on that night. 
Jamie, it was it was amazing. I you're one of I, I'm not even blowing smoke up your you know what you're one of the favorite favorite players I have interviewed in the seven year history and being a member of the media here covering this team. It was always a pleasure to speak with you. You're always a class act. I got to tell you that. And the one thing that I will never forget about that final interview and chance to talk to you on the ice is as soon as we were done, every single one of Jamie's teammates was on the ice and gave him a hug and support. And, and, and it's a hug like they meant it, if that makes sense. It was really an amazing moment that I was part able to be a part of. So I'm just, I was grateful no, for that. Hey, hey you, you and your squad there, you guys are terrific. And uh, what everybody's done, you know, for that city and watching it grow and, and, and the fans and, and with that comics team. And it's become one of the best places to play in the American League. I, I honestly say that. And, um, um, thank you. Thanks for everything you guys have done for me. Seriously. I love talking to you guys. I'm available whenever you need to. I'd love to chat. I was going to say, we're going to reach out again. We'll give you some time to get, get a few more months into the job and get that taken care of. Drive safe, my man. <laughs> and, uh, thank- I appreciate it, guys. Okay. Jamie Cyphers, thanks for the time. Sports Illustrate Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. We'll be right back. It's the SportsZilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And if you missed any of our conversation with the recently retired former comma Jamie Cyphers, we're going to have that podcasted shortly after we wrap up the broadcast. Apple, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll have it there at ESPNUR on Twitter. And uh, great to hear from Jamie again. What a wonderful guy in the community and in the locker room and a great career and all the stuff he's done for veterans. That's a guy, you know, not every athlete is a role model, but that guy's a role model. Yeah, I I said this off the air, Scoop, and I'm going to say it right on the air. Last year doing the in-game hosting or in, in the years we've done Utica Comets Insider or whether we've, we've had players come come in throughout the years that we've interviewed them, without doubt, wasn't blowing smoke up anybody's wazoo. He's one of my favorite players in the seven-year history of the Utica Comets, hands down, no question. Always was amazing. He would do the intermission interviews, and he was fantastic. And even in the games where he he didn't do that, He'd always acknowledge you, say what's up to you, give you a quick hello. You know, in the even in the course of the game, walking by in the hallway into the locker room when they're going to reorganize to go into the next period, just whenever I would see him, he's always been fantastic. And in our couple of times that we had him on Insider, just an awesome guest. Just an awesome guest. Yeah, and we got more Comets content coming up for you with the Trent Call Show right here at 6 p.m. until 7. And then we'll pop over on the Brothers Station on K-Rock and be live from the 72 Tavern and Grill tonight. With John Stevens. I'm very excited. He's somebody that we've mentioned on pre-games where he's really starting to settle in. You're seeing some production. He came from Bridgeport, and I'd like to get to know him a little bit off the ice and, of course, talk about his play on the ice. I'm excited for this one. He's he's one of those guys I really, really want to talk to, so I'm glad. I think we've both kind of become fans of his game and what he's delivered to the team so far. Settled in and got a goal yesterday yes, in that uh, game that ended, unfortunately, yesterday in Rochester. So that's uh, upcoming a little bit later on today on a Monday as we settle back into the grind of the work week. The Sports Illustrio ESPN Radio Utica Rome now 96.5 FM. Scoop Rain and the glue guy, we're, we're nursing him through. He's He's been struggling. He's feeling better. He's getting over. I don't know what it was you had this weekend, man, but you've been. Wasn't good. You're a trooper, man, being here. 
So I'm going to ask you just to contribute one thing real quick. Okay. I know you're fighting the voice, uh, but I thought the NBA All-Star game last night was better than the NBA All-Star game has been in years. And I don't mean two or three years. I mean years. Decades. It, it was exciting. Yeah, literally decades is a fair statement. It was exciting. The the new way that they, they changed the format where you're, you're basically trying to get to 157, but they were calling fouls. Guys were playing. They were playing defense. It was some fun basketball to watch. And then after the game, I flip on Twitter, and I'm just scrolling through, and everybody is saying the same thing. Wow, haven't seen an All-Star game like that in a while. Your thoughts? Well, I just find it funny that a lot of people were saying, sorry, Adam Silver, I was wrong to criticize you. Do you see your boy Teddy Bruce, by the way, was asking if the NBA can fix the Pro Pro Bowl? Bowl. Yes. (laughs) But go ahead. Yeah, um, I thought it was great. The only thing that I don't like is the... It's no longer the East versus West. Yeah. It gets confusing. It is a little different, yeah. So you have teammates going against each other like Kemba versus Jason Tatum. Do you notice that the glue guy's voice has dropped like two octaves with the cold thing that he's got going on there? I like yeah. this. I like this. Do you? Yeah. You, you, <laughs> sound, you sound like you're about 55 years old All now right. and you've been working in a coal mine. Let me throw out a question to both of you. Yes, sir. How much of that elevated level of play last night and the quality of that game, how much of that is attributed to the format or to the fact that this whole thing is in the shadow of the passing of Kobe Bryant. It's funny you mentioned that. I saw a lot of that on Twitter. Some people wondering, hey, you know what? Let's not half-ass this game. Let's play this game the way Kobe would have wanted this game to be played. I mean, you, you saw. Number two, number 24. That's all you saw. What was it? Uh, Giannis was number all number 24s on his team. And all of uh, LeBron's team was number you know two. Why LeBron picked two because he says I because my, my daughter's Uri. Yeah, absolutely. And Gianna, there you go. Absolutely. I, I mean, it was bigger than basketball. But if if, if this if that all helped, had to help galvanize this event, the the tribute to Kobe, the emotions that everybody was feeling, the tribute to his daughter, the change in the format. If moving forward, this is what you're going to get every year. Boy, that's going to make a difference. And that just puts, it really puts the spotlight on what a joke the Pro Bowl is at this point in time. They've even made some adjustments now to the Major League Baseball All-Star game because that the tweak where it determined home field advantage. I hated that. That was crap. Uh, so everybody's got to step up their game a little bit now and make it better for the fans because the Pro Bowl is terrible. It's just absolutely terrible. Not just my opinion. I think that's an overwhelming consensus among football fans. Nobody cares about it. Nobody talks about it. You're like, Everybody that you're listening to, if you're a sports radio fan, you flip it on the week of, they bring up the Pro Bowl. Hey, by the way, it's happening. That's about the extent of it. I don't I don't notice any analysis. Nobody cares what happens in the game. Half the guys that are voted in don't even show up and play in it anymore. I do like how they've moved it more to a, a skills competition kind of thing. Because yeah. I just think that's going to work better for it. Because nobody really wants to get hurt in the game. And it's... When you play football, it's a ferocious game. I don't know how you can do it, you know, and halfway, you know, and I just think that that's almost more dangerous in some regards for these guys and their careers. And they don't want to get hurt. So let them have a nice vacation somewhere and do some fun sort of skills competitions things because nobody cares about the game. They should just play flag football. Yeah. Consensus, though, we're all in from now on on. Because I used to not pay attention to it. I'd, I'd put it on in the background, but I was watching the game and engaged last night. We're all in on it now, huh? Well, this year. This year. <laughs> well, we'll see next year. Um, you know, I think it's cool that they made the All-Star MVP trophy. Oh, yeah. 
in uh, Kobe's name. Yeah, you like that. I thought that was good. Kawhi Leonard got that. I like this new version of the glue guy. It's scooping rain here. Sports he's he's show. getting all Doc Rivers on us, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's accurate. ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now 96.5 FM. Let's uh, look at spring training, though, real quick. So Carlos Correa did uh, with The Athletic and Ken Rosenthal an interview. And then, of course, over the weekend, you then saw the first comments from Rob Manfred. And I know this is ESPN Radio Utica Rome, and I'm sure he has family, and I'm not trying to say anything personal about Rob Manfred, but he has handled this poorly. Uh, That is a consensus amongst the players and the fan base. This is not going well with the fallout of the punishment and the lack of remorse of the Houston Astros specifically and then, then you couple it with that Carlos Correa interview, which was crap. It's crap. He's blaming everybody else. He's defending Jose Altuve, uh, talking about how now there was the a tattoo. Somebody went and looked at Jose Altuve's verified accounts, and there was a pictures of him. There's no tattoo during the time frame of this. This is 17, 18, and 19. You're going back in to 2019 on Jose Altuve with his teammates standing on a beach, no shirts on, no tattoo. It's a lie. It's a lie. You're trying to cover up the fact that you lied instead of just owning it. It's getting worse. You you wouldn't think it could get worse, but it just keeps getting worse. I don't think the league office, the commissioner's office, anticipated the size of the backlash that this was all going to get. I think they sort of thought... Well, we know there's this sort of stuff that goes on in baseball. And, you know, well, we've got these couple figureheads that are going to take the fall. And it, it won't be such a big deal because eh, we're America's pastime. It'll be great. We'll get the pitchers and catchers going and nobody will think about it. Well, now it's every press conference, every day, every team, every question And it's not helped by the fact that Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, seems completely tone deaf and clueless. They should not let him near a microphone. And these apologies essentially sound like we're sorry we got caught. That's exactly what it is. And it's just, it's a bad look. If if you are in Los Angeles, you are outraged at the commissioner's office. And I don't know. I'm still sizing up how the rest of the country feels about it. I know Yankees fans aren't happy with it. And when I start to see other people talking about, you know, they're going to be throwing at these guys on the Astros this year for a little payback. And the suggestion is the punishment's going to be greater for that than it was for cheating for basically three years. Carlos Correa even dropped an F-bomb at... Uh, Cody Bellinger and Cody Bellinger responded by saying, you know what? I'm going to hit one right in his fat face. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to aim to hit a line drive right in his fat face. It's getting ugly. Something's got to happen. A a legitimate apology. Remorse needs to come out. If it doesn't, none of the players in the league, none of their peers are going to forgive them. And if a a further punishment isn't enacted upon the Houston Astros, uh, almost you can't give the title to the Dodgers and they don't want it. But you might have to think about really seriously reconsider vacating their title because of what happened. Well, how is it that guys get these 30 and 60 day and 90 day suspensions for using performance enhancing substances? And and all the players have said this is worse than steroids. And yet a guy can stand in there 
in the batter's box and know he's getting a fastball or know he's getting a changeup, which is a significant advantage. That's far greater advantage than may, maybe uh, being a little bit stronger on a steroid. Because you still have to hit the ball, and you didn't know whether you're getting a fastball or uh, an off-speed pitch. You know, that is a huge advantage, and I, I think that is getting lost a little bit in the argument about this. And I just don't get why these other things are so much more egregious to the commissioner's office. I do like, though, how I'm seeing some stuff where they're starting to say, uh, Manfred has said, well, if some of these things are open-ended. Like, well, I, I have the, I reserve the right to do more if I want to. He may have to do that because we, the baseball consumers, are demanding it. You're absolutely right. It's unfortunate that this conversation is going to have to be revisited and it's overtaken the game of baseball when usually you're just hyped because spring is almost on the way. However, we have a free four-wheel alignment. I'm going to repeat that. A free four-wheel alignment courtesy of Ariskany Garage and Tire. Shout out to those guys. They hooked us up so we can hook you up. So let's uh, give it out right now. 315-768-1310. 315-768-1310. We'll grab the fifth caller. That free alignment's yours. Don't forget, we're going to give one away every day this week. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. And did Cuse's bubble burst? We'll find out next. The Sportzilla Show is now streaming on the ESPN app. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. Amazingly, uh, due to the spotty nature of cell phones, it looks like we're going to have that f- uh, the free four-wheel alignment from a Riskany Garage available perhaps at the end of this segment or maybe our final segment in the Sports Illustrated Show. We wrap it all up at 6 o'clock when we get you the Trent Cole Show with Joe Roberts, courtesy of Blend, right here on ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. But the question posed is, has the Cuse's bubble burst after the 80-77 to loss to Florida State and with an upcoming game against Louisville, who I believe 8th ranked on Wednesday, we got six games. You got to go, got to go 6-0-5-1 or strategically win the the games against better competition q1s and q2s if you want a chance then you also have to make a very significant run in the acc tournament because now those whose job it is to rank these things predict these things the experts in the field of college basketball joel lenardi and there's many others obviously jay billis uh the bubble is pretty much popped with barring those ideal circumstances easier said than done I'd say I don't even know about five and one. I'd think, say I'd say you got to win out. You got to win win these last six, and you got to go deep in the ACC tournament. I think that's the only way they get in now. Yeah, because you you do because you have to be beef up that strength the schedule. You've got to beef up and see more wins against better competition to give yourself a chance to go. Yeah, that's a team that deserves it. However, Matt Gutierrez with the Athletic did poll all of the other ACC coaches and they asked who was the team you would least like to meet in the ACC tournament uh, ACC tournament and Syracuse was the number one answer due to some obvious things if buddy Elijah and JG3 are hot they can beat anybody even with issues in the middle even with the foul issues they've had with City Bay in the middle and with that defense and throw in a little side of Marek Dolajai who kind of stuffs the stat sheet and does a little bit of everything does whatever you need and throws his body around with reckless abandon. There's some players on this team that can get it done. It's a frustrating position to be in because there are so many games 
Saturdays included, where it was right there for the taking. You know, and, and there's a piece of Syracuse.com today that came out around lunchtime about the the leads that this team, that yes. the Orange had lost at the end of the first half, at the end of the second half, how they would have these situations in hand. I think there was a, a point in the first half on Saturday where they were tied, and then there's a timeout, and then Florida State went on a 12-4 run. Yeah, 14-4. And went, it, you went know, by halftime, yeah. Uh, it's the issues, the, the main issues are closing out games as opposed to holding on to win games when having a lead. Fatigue because of the short rotation that Jim plays. Leonard Hamilton, Florida State co- State's coach, said, I thought the quality of our depth really, really stood out, which is basically saying we have better depth than they do. We play more guys that can perform. Also, yeah, fatigue. I mean, they're tired by the end of this because also they've been outscored in the final four minutes. As It's a habit now. That's what happens in these close games because since January 1st, all these ACC games, they're in these games. It's not like they're getting blown out. You saw that happen a couple times earlier in the season, but they got things together. Jim said it numerous times. We've gotten better. We're actually overall a pretty decent offensive team, but when they're outscoring you by significant numbers, no matter who they are, whichever opponent, in the last four minutes, that crucial crunch time of a game, you're not going to win those close games. And how gutsy was the performance by Elijah Hughes on Saturday? I mean, I think most of us thought, He may not even play, or what what are we going to be able to get out of him? We were just hoping against hope that we would be able to get him in there and get some points out of him. What do you have, uh, 25, I think he wound up with? 10 out of 20 shooting, 25 points, warrior mamba mentality. This is what Jim said about closing out games, to your point. Well, our defense hasn't been good down the stretch. We have closed out several games this year, close games. We've won four very close games that we have closed out, so... You're not going to win all the close games you have. I understand what Jim's trying to say, but uh, we've kind of seen some of it with our own two eyes. But when you're looking at being on the bubble and wishing you had two or three more, that's what you do. You know, you you get into the horseshoes and hand grenades, you know, and you start going, well, what if almost, you know. So got six regular season games left, Scoop. Louisville, Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh, North Carolina, Boston College, Miami. Louisville's quad one, Georgia Tech quad three, Pittsburgh quad two, UNC quad three. That's a weird thing to say. UNC is a quad three team. Boston College quad three, Miami quad two. Yeah, I think you might you might have to win all those games. You might have to go six and zero. Oh. I mean, there, I guess there's possibilities and paths because you also can't predict some other teams might have some bad losses along the right. way too, which changes things. I, I mean. Somebody loses two or three, suddenly well, they're a Q2. They're ranked a Q2 win for the Qs if they played them. Uh, you lose a couple and then they're a Q3. You know, it affects it and, it and it goes around to all these teams and where they end up when it's all said and done after all of the conference tournaments. And then they're going to select who plays in the tournament itself. Yeah, it just uh, is frustrating. You know, I, I think if you would bring up the whole thing about, well, the fans look back on some of those games you didn't win. And they were close, and you wish, oh, you had two or three of them. I, I bet your coach would then say, well, you know, those four games that we did close out, we didn't necessarily have to win all those either. We could have lost those games. You know, uh, it's just aggravating knowing that you're that close, and maybe you left an opportunity on the table. And those of you wondering, because uh, you've seen a bad performance from Buddy Beheim, the coach's son, thinking he's getting favoritism, 
First of all, comments about Buddy from Jim. Yeah, he wasn't shooting, but, you know, we, we need his threat in there. Uh, he ended up making the defensive play that turned it around, could have turned the game around, but, uh, you know, he just it wasn't making things. They did a good job on him defensively, too. For those of you out there that want Jim to come out in a press conference and rant and rave and scream and yell at his son or chew him out on the bench, well, don't you think it, because it's his son, that's also a reason maybe to not do that? Because then people will turn around and go, oh, wow, he's so mean to his son. So there's a balancing act that they're very well aware of because I see a lot of that narrative from Syracuse fans. If Buddy's not playing well, you should have just screamed and yelled at him. Missing shots is not the same thing as making mental mistakes. For the most part, every player makes mistakes, even Buddy Bayheim, even the coach's son. But overall, he's a very high basketball IQ. So stop it. There seems to be this idea among a segment of Orange fans that Coach yells at everybody on the team and that Buddy is getting favoritism. Well, number one, I don't know that that's necessarily true that he yells at everybody on the team. And secondly, there's also an idea out there that that is the most effective brand and style of coaching, that you've got to yell at somebody. And that's not just a basketball thing. I've heard this about football coaches. Why doesn't he get more upset, you know, on the sidelines? And and that's people sitting watching the game on TV who aren't privy to what's going on on the sidelines or what might be said. You know, sometimes a coach can be pretty deadly cutting and nasty and not be yelling and screaming. You know who was really good at that, at that was Bill Parcells. He could say one line to you. Calmly. One line to you calmly and shred you to pieces. I don't know about you, but most people, just throwing this out there, most people don't respond well when somebody's screaming at them like a psycho. Just, it doesn't work well. It usually doesn't get the point across. It just crushes the person you're yelling at. I just think that's an overly simplistic view of what coaching is. And I, I just, I see that with not just the orange, but I see it with people who are critiquing coaching in general. Why didn't they get more upset? Back in the day when I was in Detroit, people used to scream about Wayne Fonts. Why doesn't he yell at the players anymore? He used to hear that refrain almost every day on sports talk radio. And it's like, you don't know what Wayne is saying, and you don't know. That's not his style. And why is that equated necessarily with good coaching, yelling? I I don't know. It's not. Of course, we weren't listening to the glue guy because he doesn't have much of a voice left. We need to take our break. Come back. There's a bunch of Utica teams that did some stuff over the weekend that we want to touch on before we bounce out tonight. The Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now in 96.5 FM. And if you call 768-1310, that alignment from a Riskini garage can be yours. Fifth caller. Call 315-768-1310. Now, it's the Sportzilla Show on 1310 AM Utica, 1350 AM Rome, and 96.5 FM ESPN Radio Utica, Rome. Here's Rain, Scoop, and Matt. And if you missed the conversation with former Comet... Jamie Cyphers. We're going to have that podcasted for you shortly. All the places that you listen to podcasts. Google, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Also give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at ESPNUR. So Andy at ESPN Sportzilla, by the way, the station's got a, the show's got a Facebook and a Twitter page. Utica related. 
We also have the Comets and Insider with John Stevens at the 72 Tavern tonight at 7 o'clock. The Coach's Show with Trent Call is just a few minutes away at 6 o'clock, so that's going to happen. But what else happened around the weekend for some of our, our favorite teams? Utica College men's basketball. Let's see. Where did they? Rough weekend in Rochester with losses to Nazareth. Yeah. And, then, and, and by two points to St. John Fisher. So that's two-game losing streak. I think they had like a five-game winning streak prior to those two games. Those are two teams they were trying to avenge losses against, but that didn't happen. Sean Coffey, Coffee for Three, joins us on Thursdays about 5 o'clock, so you can listen up for that. Uh, but the hockey team now number three in the country. Tell everybody what they did, Scoop. Well, I got two wins. I got a Friday and Saturday wins, beating Chatham and Stevenson, respectively. Uh, the Stevenson game, they got up two, and then they brought out an extra attacker and were able to get one back, so you had a 4-3 finish there. But they get the win. It's now 14 in a row, and so now you've got these big games with Wilkes and Kings College this weekend that are going to determine seeding for playoffs, and uh, they don't get any bigger than this weekend for the Utica College men's hockey pioneers. I can't even imagine what it feels like to lose any more of these guys. Man, what a great season so far. We got to get the brain Gary Heenan in here in the next couple of days, and we'll work on that. That's a promise. Utica City FC, though, went down to Texas. Uh, first, they played the Mesquite Outlaws, a brand-new team, 8-5 victory. That was on Thursday. They turned around on Friday, 8-7, come-from-behind victory in the shootout over the Dallas sidekicks. This is a great weekend. Man, you go on the road, you go from here all the way to Dallas, you come back with two wins. That's a real good thing for this team. Not only getting the wins, but, man, going on the road and doing it, even better. And they'll have a road game against the Lancers in Rochester Friday night. But then finally on Sunday, back home for the 2 p.m. game, the Sunday afternoon matinee that we're used to with the Utica City Football Club. And it'll be the Lancers again, Rochester here in Utica this coming Sunday. So we're watching the last part of the Daytona 500. Scoop's going to have some thoughts on that for us tomorrow. Trent Cole's show is next. Sports Illustrated Show, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now at 96.5 FM. See you tomorrow.